The opinions expressed in the following program are those of the producer and not necessarily those of WKTV Community Media. Family-owned Palermo Pizza underwrites this episode of Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters Paranormal Podcast, located at 901 Gazan Parkway, Southwest Wyoming, and available at 616-531-8300. I'm quiet and go unseen. It's truly the best way to see. I see the face behind the mask, the one who frowns behind the laugh. I see the need behind the smile, the one that lies to please the crowd. I try to be so crystal clear, but no one is really that sincere. It's kind of sad to know the truth, yet not to speak and help the youth, but to be honest, I've been there before, and the only way out is through that door. A door that opens when the truth is known, where the mask comes off with heart exposed. A door where you will finally find quiet and peace, where you will finally join me to sit down and see. So yeah, quiet is lonely, but it sets you free because you will finally be able to truly see. Brought to you by WKTV, I'm Wayne Thomas. Welcome to another Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters Paranormal Podcast. Please keep an open mind about things that you might not easily believe as we explore the mysterious. Our special guest, Tanya, is on a mission to, to use her gifts to help people communicate with the dead. For the past 10 years, Tanya has served as a spiritual advisor using her unique gift to provide readings at no charge, connecting with those beyond the spiritual veil. Before we meet our featured guest, please welcome back to our show my co-host, he is the founder and lead investigator of Kent County Paranormal. He started out as a ghost hunter. Now he investigates all things mysterious. Please welcome Brandon Jose. Hello, everybody. My second co-host is a former ghost buster. She has been on the team since we adopted our current format three years ago. She also brought this lead to our attention. Welcome, Kim Colleen. Hi, everybody. Glad to be here. And I would like to formally introduce our special guest for tonight, Tanya Geyer Seiger. Did I do that right? <laughs> A little off. <laughs> okay, okay. You need Tan to say it. Tanya, say you it. say it. You say it. Sager. 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 Okay. Tanya <laughs> Geyer Sager. Yes. Um, I'm just going to give a little bit of a bio, what you provided us, just to give our guests a little bit of a sneak peek, what we're going to be talking about tonight. So you grew up with a paranormal connection, learning to control your gifts, communicating with spirits, learning to love yourself, no matter how different you felt like you really were, finding my voice to help others, and stories from the ghost for ghost hunting and stories from doing your readings. So welcome. We're so happy that you're here. I'm so excited to be here. Good. So Wayne, where do you want to start? Well, Tanya, tell us where you're Zooming from. I am from Reynoldsburg, Ohio right now. I originally am from a small town called Delphus. Uh, that's where still most of my family lives and my father's buried. In Ohio? Yep. Okay. And then Brandon's Zooming oh. from Byron Center, Michigan. Yep. I I, I, I'm, I'm, I lost Buckeye and a bunch of uh, Wolverines, it looks like. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know. Right. The big, the, around here, there's the big football. Yeah. Ohio and Michigan. Well, Michigan Ohio's yeah. always been a rivalry. You know, like the states fired shots at each other back in the day. Well, when Michigan was a territory. So. <laughs> I remember the fires <laughs> they used to have. 
Right. And Kim Colleen, she's zooming from Holland, Michigan. Yep. Mm-hmm. So if everybody out there, because this goes, this will go around the world before we're done mm-hmm. with it. Now, I, I will ask you, what are you, a psychic, a psychic medium, a medium? And you tell me you're a spiritual advisor. Can you expand on that? I don't like to call myself a label because I've watched some of the psychics and I've watched some of the mediums. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they give a very false impression that people think they're getting their fortune told or something. And it's not how that works. And uh, so I just like to call myself a spiritual advisor because if the spirits on the other side are giving me the information, it's to give to you to be able to guide you to where you need to be on your path or your journey. Hmm. One of the things that really, okay. One of the things that stuck with me is that you said you don't charge. No. Um, I believe God did not give people gifts like this without a purpose and making money. It wasn't part of that purpose. Uh, I've had people give me, you know, give me money and I consider them love donations for gas because <laughs> I do travel a lot and I don't mind doing the traveling. I'll go anywhere. And I actually literally did a reading for a friend of mine, um, while I was in New Jer- visiting him in New Jersey, uh, in March. Yeah. If people want you to travel, that's asking a little much. I know Brandon and his team, they don't charge for ghost hunting. It's like these people are already have enough problems. They don't need a financial burden on top of it. Yeah, I, I've looked into like I've looked into other like when I was my family's always been passionate and interested in the paranormal, which kind of was hard to try to tell them. Oh yeah, by the way, it's in our family too. <laughs> but um, we would research into different psychics and stuff because my sisters and my mom can't quite communicate with my dad like I can but um because they sometimes don't want to believe their sister which is understandable they don't um, want to believe you <laughs> sometimes oh. my older sister my older sister has actually come around and was telling people if she, she says something listen because I've said a lot of things that she's like how did you know this was going to happen and I was like well dad told me honey but when I saw people charging like 300, 400, $500 for readings, I was like, I couldn't do that. It just oh, wow. doesn't feel right. Yeah. I've never paid for a reading. My wife has not anywhere close to what you just said, but yeah. And then talk about your family a little bit more because you made reference to your grandmother and a, a healing gift that you might have received from your grandma. Yes. Um, my great grandmother who to this, she passed a while ago, but when I see Cardinals, I always say hi to her because Cardinals were her, was her favorite bird. Um, we had a special bond. All of us kids did with her because love you, grandma Ruth, but my grandma Lou was more kind of a grandmother figure to us than my grandmother. So we all had a real special bond. Um, one thing grandma would say things that people didn't understand and it's almost like I felt would always feel a different energy come off her when she's saying these things later comes to find out that as I got older when she got sick and she had to live with my grandmother we would have psychic conversations and she was actually teaching me to use my healing abilities and I didn't realize it at the time it wasn't until I had moved away to be with my my husband who's in the service and we lived in New Mexico at the time and um, I would touch somebody where they had an injury. And a few days later, they come back and be like, what did you do? It's healed faster than I've ever healed before. And it wasn't until those moments that I stopped and I was like, okay, wait a minute. What the heck happened? And I would call back and talk to her and, and physically talk to her. And she was, oh, honey, I've been training you for a while. And I was like, training me for what? And she was like, you have the healing gift that runs in our family. And the ironic part about that was, as I told my family, it's on that side of my grandma, or my, which is my mom's 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 side. So it's mm-hmm. like we go down a fem- the female line on that case. And uh, earlier last year, or it was some late last year, um, my mom called me up and she goes, 
your sister found the weirdest obituary in our family line. And I was like, okay. And she goes, it's through your grandmother's side. Uh, but I have an uncle, a great, great like relative that in his obituary, it said his healing touch was well known. Ah, hmm. so is that a hands-on? You got to be right there with them and put your hands on them. I don't have a psychic connection with them. Yes, because I can't get the energy to fit just right if I don't. Um, but if I've known them for a long time or they, like a lot of my clients, I don't really call them clients. I call them friends because that's eventually what happens is we all become friends. Uh, I've had people where it's like a friend of mine was like my daughter, uh, really good friend of mine her she I knew her daughter was having knee surgery and I messaged her to see how she was doing and she goes not well she's having a bad reaction to the anesthesia and as soon as I heard that I went okay I'm on it and a and psychically I sent the energy the healing energy to her and then sent the healing energy to her daughter that way and she goes or I asked her the next day how was she doing and she goes um her white blood cell count got so high the doctors had never seen that before hmm. and she was doing much better and I was like you're welcome <laughs> I can see yeah I can see how this would work Brandon it's kind of like the tulpa energy where if you you put enough energy into something I would think that you can heal and you seem to be more in tune with it. Now on your, what about your readings? Can you do those remotely? I've done them remotely. It's a little bit more challenging sometimes because they have a bigger distance to try to work with. Um, that's why when I, when we, a friend of mine who actually I'm going to investigate her mother-in-law's house later this weekend, um, or this coming weekend, uh, she's uh lost my train of thought there for a second sorry um she said we had it's the great the weirdest strangest conversation you'll ever have and it's pretty much what it is and I do ask questions but it's because I'm trying to hone in on a lot of times on exactly where the direction is going because they are going talking to you through a veil so it's like I could hear my grandmother and it mean like they're, they're uh, like to me when I hear my grandmother, I don't think immediately my grandmother because she wasn't that grandmotherly to me. So it could mean somebody else that's grandmother that feels more like a grandmother to them. So hmm. it's trying to figure out, okay, are we in the family zone? Are we in, you know, a friend zone? Like, and a lot of times we, I do ask questions. Because sometimes it makes sense to me, but it doesn't, or it doesn't make sense to me, but I got to make sure it makes sense to the person I'm getting the message to. Hmm. I'm wondering, does it work both ways? Do, like, do the dead get a hold of you and say, hey, I've got a message for somebody? That's actually happened to me. Oh, has it? It does. Um, I was driving one uh, home one day from Toledo for, after doing a reading and oh it wasn't sorry I was driving back to Columbus though um from doing something and I got this weird message and so I messaged my uh friend who originally was a client but my friend Hope and I said are you okay is everything all right I'm getting this weird vibe and comes to find out things were not so good at work in some and with her parents and she's like how did you know and I was like I just listened when I get this weird vibe, I first have to ask, where am I going with this? And then I'll see pictures of people I know in my head. Uh, occasionally I've gotten some messages where I'm like, I don't know this person. I don't know where we're going with this. And then like a day or so I meet this person. All right. Wow. I'm like, okay, this is starting to make sense to me now. I could, I could see that happening too, because it seems like on the other side, it's like, Things like time and space are totally different. They're irrelevant. Yeah. I tell people all the time I've had where I've done readings said, I can tell you something today. It can happen 10 years from now. But they want you to know either it's a warning or it's to keep you or your heads up because we can make decisions today that affect our tomorrow. 
So it can push that back or change it a little bit, but it still will happen. If they're telling you it's going to happen, it's, it's coming. But we have to just be kind of cognizant of what we say or do. Can you see? I can comment on the whole future thing too, because like with our team before we've gotten EVPs, like at one case, talking about a client, a future client, or asking about a future client. So it's like that stuff does kind of happen where <laughs> it's like they know we're going to run into them in the future, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, yeah, they know. They know. Yeah. They're planning half of this stuff, and it's not mm -hmm. fair that they're planning it for us and we can't. Yeah. yeah. So I have a question. Is there a difference between a spirit coming through, Tanya, like of a deceased individual who wants to give you a message versus a guardian angel who wants to tell you something and or relay a message to you? Do you can you see the difference between the two? And there's an energy between the two. Yeah, there's an energy difference. Um, people that are on the other side usually come back um, across usually come back and it's the feeling of love it's feeling warm it's feeling uh like they they're they're here for a purpose they're here but they're not here to stay um when it comes to like a guardian angel there's a little bit it's it's kind of like i don't want to say it's a hollow feeling but it's not as warm hmm. it's kind of less and it's like, cause they're attached to that person. So their energy yeah. field has to kind of match or mesh with that person. So it's almost like you have to read the person with that, with that angel or guardian, your guardian angel and all that coming through. A lot of times you don't, I don't get a lot of guardian angel messages because the family members are usually so prominent or so this is my job. This is what I'm doing. This is what I have to do to take care of my family, or this is what I need to cover because it's I've like my father, he's been on the other side since I was two and he sees himself as the control of the family. He goes, I've got five daughters and a wife and a wife that I've got to watch out for. And now he's got, uh, 12 grandkids. He's like, I know I've got to take care of all this. Well, occasionally you have other family members that'll step up and go back off. We need to take care of this. It's okay. <laughs> Wow. So it just depends on like a lot of times it's not as much the guardian angels are there more to keep us safe. So if, if we're going to be in an accident or something like really tragic that it's not our time, that's usually when they step in. Okay. Well, where I've usually well, seen it. I, I've had other, you know, psychic mediums or people in that realm say to me, well, they'll if your ear rings, like if you hear this really high pitched ring sound is that actually your guardian angel trying to touch out to you have you ever heard of that before i've heard of that but mm -hmm. i don't buy into it just because you don't I've always had a high-pitched sound in my ear always my entire life oh. and i was like well if the guardian angels are talking to me they're pretty chatty because this yeah. never goes away for me um that happens to me quite uh like it'll go in spurts like I'll have it maybe three times a day and then I won't have it for a week again. And then it starts up again. And then it's in this year and then it's in this year. And it's like, there's no rhyme or reason. And it's so high pitched. And somebody told yes. me one time, if you really intently listen, you could get the message. But, you know, I'm just, I I'm would agree with that. You, you I would do agree. agree with that. A lot of the times, if, like if I listen very carefully and I focus on my energy to where, okay, I, like some days they'll be louder than others for me. Yeah. Um, and I'll just sit there and focus and I'm like, okay, what are you trying to tell me? Because when it's louder for me, I know it's something they're trying to tell me that I'm not quite hearing. Okay. And I have to refocus my energy because I'm obviously distracted. <laughs> But okay. then on days like today, like I could go into a room and I still, you know, still hear the noise and it's so low, but it's still very high pitched. And I could say something to somebody and they look at me and go, what did you just say? I'm like, sorry. Sometimes it slips out. Yeah. So you can actually train yourself if like almost maybe start meditating or something when you start mm -hmm. hearing these ringing noises. And yeah. you could actually train yourself to, to hear the messages come through is what you're saying. Oh yeah. Everybody has the ability to do what I do. It's just some people 
um, with me, I grew up with this. Uh, I started, it, it, it was something I had my entire life. Uh, I, when my father, the, the day, the, literally the day my father died, I slept walk. I started sleepwalking and hmm. it was only in the house that we shared with my dad. And the moment we moved out of the house or when we weren't in the house, I wouldn't sleepwalk. And I'm not, since, since we moved out of the house, I've never slept walk since. So I believe that was my dad's way of utilizing my sensitivity to almost still kind of see what was still going on when he couldn't quite be there. And, um, cause there's times moms would just say to me, honey, go back to bed. And I just turn around and go back to bed. Yeah. And You're, I don't it, remember any of it. You're breaking up a little bit, Tanya. Is there any way to increase your connection? I I doubt it. But I want to revisit something that you I thought you said. It's like Mm -hmm. you might be communicating with the other side and you say sometimes they have like a person that wants to be the speaker. Is that what you're Mm -hmm. saying? They want to and yet there might be other people that have messages. Is that what you said earlier? Yes, I've done group readings where they seem to be nice enough to take turns, <laughs> but you have those personalities that are a little bit more stronger. Like I, have, I'm going to speak now. Right. Mm. And a, a question is kind of along the line of what Kim asked, but say a ghost hasn't really got to the other side. Can you communicate with a ghost the same as you would that some someone who is on the other side? Yes, I can. Um, it's actually pretty interesting to talk to ghosts. Uh, one of my favorite places to go to here in Ohio is Mansfield Reformatory. And uh, there's a ghost there, Marco, that anytime I go, he likes to check in and see how I'm doing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mansfield. Mm-hmm. Brandon, had you heard of that? Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that before. I admit I'm slightly obsessed. <laughs> there seems to be, I, my research tells me there's two different kinds of seers. I know that's another label. We're putting you in some uh, boxes, but two different kinds. The kind that maybe had a near-death experience, and now they can see through the veil. Or someone who is naturally born. You're the second type, aren't you? Naturally yes. born. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they have all these clear senses. So I'm wondering how many, there again, it's putting labels on you, but I'm wondering how many of these uh, clear senses that you would check off, you know, clairvoyant is seeing, you, yep. you see stuff? Yep. Check, check for clairvoyant. Clairaudient is hearing, is hearing stuff. You, you hear stuff also? Yep. <laughs> okay, before I get, complete this list, what if it, you ever get messages from in a different language? How does that work? Language on the other side. A lot of times when they speak a different language, it's a lot of pictures. Oh. I actually have a really dear friend of mine. She is Korean. Uh, she's from her. She's originally born from South Korea, in South Korea, and she was adopted. So her grandmother would come and visit us when we worked together. And I would get a lot of images and pictures when she would come because we couldn't quite verbally communicate the same way. And they understand that. And it makes it so much nicer. And there's times where I've heard foreign languages and I'm like, okay, you're going to have to go a different route because I don't understand what you're saying. Well, that's very interesting. I, I I was curious about that. You know, Brandon and I, we're on ghost hunts where we thought we heard Spanish, but none of us spoke Spanish. So we weren't really sure. That actually happened to me when I was in St. Augustine this past year. Uh, we, me and my daughters were visiting our favorite streamer. Uh, she's a Disney streamer. And uh, I heard some Spanish around the fort. I was looking around, making sure there was nobody speaking Spanish, and we were pretty secluded. There wasn't people around us, and I was like, okay, whoever's talking, just letting you know, I don't understand what you just said. 
Yeah. And then I didn't hear the voices. So I'm like, well, obviously it wasn't for me. <laughs> we also played the Lord's Prayer in different languages at a location because we weren't, because we had heard things. We, the guy had been kind of talking in tongues and it sounded like it might have been a different language. But get back to these clairsenses. There's clairsentience, which you can walk into a room and just get impressions from the room. Do you have that ability? Yes, that too. You're checking all these off. Wow. Uh, cognizance is just is knowing or awareness. And phone psychics have the cog claircognizance. Cognizance. I I have to admit I have that as well. Oh wow. It's not as strong as the others, but I haven't developed it as much because I like the personal touch. Oh yeah. I like that you like the personal touch personally. <laughs> the clear audience or audience is hearing. And then uh, we talked we talked about that, but there's also a a sense for taste. Where they can, I don't even, have that one. Um, I have a twin sister that actually can do has smell. Smell, right? That was my last one on the list. And then, I'm not as good at this. I've had, I've, I had a couple instances where I've smelled stuff, but it's not as strong with me. Um, it's usually just real quick wafts that I catch. Where my sister can, my twin sister can, like it can overwhelm her sometimes. The smells. Hmm. See, that's an insight that through uh you know eight years ten years of ghost hunting that i ran across they say that death has a scent like cherries or strawberries and i've smelt that and i've we've been on cases where this 10 year old who was so aware she could smell it too and and of course there's the foul smells that can be associated with death i have smelt rotting flesh when death was rotting. oh yeah that was when it was my uncle, my uncle was um, an uncle who could see ghosts as well, passed away of cancer. And the night he was dying, I, that we were all, my family and everybody gathered in the hospital and I could, I tried to stay as close to the door as possible. I couldn't be in that room. It smelled so much of rotting flesh to me. I couldn't stay in that room. And oh, when yeah. they, uh, when he granted the priest, a priest to come, cause he was not, he was, we were raised Catholic, but he wasn't a practicing Catholic. And uh, he allowed my grandmother to have a priest come and say a prayer. And they called the whole family in and it took everything in me to stay in that room and not throw up. Oh it yeah. So I smelled some strong. really bad stuff before. Kim, now you've done some ghost hunting. Have you ever ran across that where you guys picked up some scents? Not really. Um, you know, we've had it before where if you ask a specific question, you'll get a specific answer, you know, like on a, like a ghost box section or something like that. If you, you know, we had it one time where we said the typical, what's your favorite food, right? And it was, it came over clear as, clear as the bell, chicken and dumplings. I'm like, that is so unusual. Oh yeah. Now, if you now, can taste that. No, I didn't know that at the time. I think men no. have something, and then you got a meter that's spiking red at the same time. Right, you might be onto something. No, I don't claim to be any sort of psychic medium advisor, so I can't taste anything. Yeah, no. I knew you had been on some, go did some ghost <laughs> hunting though. But how about yeah. well, the smell? I have the one at like the Torrent House where. I was seeing like the old, I was seeing this elderly lady and uh, Steve Wilson was a, the medium there. He was seeing her as well. And we didn't compare notes, you know, they went up seeing, we both seen the same lady, but I was there. Um, I was also getting the smell of like fresh baked cookies. Oh, she was making ooh. cookies. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm getting really hungry because especially when you're late at night, <laughs> now I'm smelling cookies. <laughs> I can go for that. Yeah. Yeah. Tanya, how about, are you an empath? Yes. How's that worked out for you? It was a nightmare. <laughs> oh, no. Better. Well, when you're young and you don't understand it, you absorb so much. And right. when you become older and you start to understand more, then you can control it or you can understand it and say, hey, this isn't me. 
back off or you can keep it. It's not mine. It takes, it takes a while to understand sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think it comes with time and after getting those strong feelings a, a few times and being able to separate your own anxieties with other people's problems. Right. I, and we know people that don't want to go out in crowds because they absorb so much of that energy off of people. Yeah, I usually see that same way. When I like when I was a kid, we traveled a lot after my dad died, and uh, we've been I've been to Salem, Massachusetts, which that is an interesting feeling when you're a kid, and you can absorb you absorb all those feelings and emotions. Uh, we've been out west to the Badlands and the mines that my sisters would sit there and climb in when it's get their picture taken and I wanted to stay as far away from them as I could get (laughs) and they're all laughing at me and picking on me and I was like I can't help it this is just I can feel it I can hear it I can see it it's it it makes it harder and when you grow up growing up it wasn't until I was an adult and Chip Coffee's Psychic Kids came out or Psychic Children came out and my mom understood what the heck I went through because it wasn't until I was an adult that I finally broke down and was like, oh yeah, by the way, mom, I can see ghosts. I can see dead people. That she was able to grasp that her child could understand, you know, could see these things and do these things. But then watching the show made her understand what I went through because she saw what these kids were going through. Oh. And she, she admitted to me, she was like, I had absolutely no clue until that, until I saw that coffee show and um she goes i am sorry you went through that like there's nothing we can do though you brought up the badlands and then that makes me think of native american have you ever come in contact with native american spirits because i think we talk about unfinished business especially maybe like revenge or they've got a lot of reason to have some emotions that are hung up I have living especially living out in New Mexico I actually saw a lot of native spirits out that way and that's actually where I found more I don't want to say resentful but that's the closest emotion I could kind of went through or what they would feel when those spirits were around because they weren't happy with their crossing and how they crossed Hmm. Oh, yeah. um, a lot of the times yeah. they, they understood they were cro- they were dead but they didn't want to cross over all the way because they feel like they still had unfinished business um yeah. i've d- i've interacted with some native spirits here in ohio um that they just seem like a more of a impression like they're reliving the same thing like it's almost just the environment it's not really a haunting haunting or a spirit i felt i felt felt that um actually a really good place for native spirits around in ohio is in the southern part um around chillicothe where they do the um the blue jack or no tecumseh they do this store and outdoor drama in tecumseh and uh there's a lot of native spirits that are around that area. And a lot of them are just kind of making sure we're being respectful to the land there. That's actually their stories where people would say they would see spirits extra, like extras to the show. And a couple of times I told my mom, I said, there's a couple of people in that cast that aren't really there <laughs> when we would see it. Uh-huh. And she was like, I didn't see it. And I was like, cause you were, you weren't paying attention. <laughs> they have plenty of reason. I mean, we massacred entire tribes. So I'm just, and I think it would relate to something like Gettysburg, but where you mm-hmm. talked about this area holds that residual energy and it replays it over yeah. and over. I've been to Gettysburg. It's a lot of residual energy there. I was like, um, like I said, we traveled a lot when I was a kid. When we went through Gettysburg, I was hiding. Oh, do you think you're quicker to pick up on residual energy maybe than the average person? 
I think so because I'm so open to everything that's going around me now, especially, well, even then as a kid, I was, I didn't understand it. So I was, I couldn't control it. Um, at that time, I didn't understand it was residual energy because right. I saw, I saw a battle. Right. I was we're driving past one of the battlefield and I was seeing bullets flying and I'm sitting there looking around at my siblings because we were in an RV and I'm like, why are they not kind of reacting? Because I was ready to freak out. I was like ready to hide in, underneath my mom's chair at, in the RV because <laughs> I couldn't understand why there was, I could see smoke and it was the weirdest yeah. Feeling. intelligent and residual hauntings look the same sound the same the only difference is an intelligent haunting they know you're there and they will interact with you but yeah, yeah otherwise they look the same i'd like brandon to speak on maybe um, some of the native american things that we ran into like when they put the expressway through grand rapids area well it's hard really to see if it was if we were really dealing with more native american or more something more in an elemental I think we were doing something more elemental because originally our, we were thinking because in the same area we're having like a lot of cases and we're like, well, maybe it's something because like where they ask her, they like the Hopewell burial mounds, they bulldoze some of them as they put the highway through there. And it, so we're thinking, well, maybe it's related to that. But the, that. What was that? I said, there's one thing I would say about that. Um, I've experienced a couple of times, not very often, where native spirits can come off as elementals yeah because that's what we were really kind of debating because like a lot of it it was more like little short creatures that would like crawl on them and make their like feet feel like they were burning and like like kind of really weird but it was like three different cases so it's like kind of in the same kind of well two of them were in the kind of the same general area one was like more across town but just very very strange <laughs> and it was all within like the same month's time span too because our cases would always come in threes. We'd have like three cases that would always be similar. And that's usually how they would come in. Yeah, I wondered if maybe they were some kind of shape shifters because of just their description. They were so menacing. And it seems like they were out uh, for vengeance to me. I could see that as an elemental being yeah. very... I've heard that too about Native Americans, right? The elemental... Because that's they're that's what they are. They're down to earth, nature. You know, that's the kind of forces that they were keen on. That, What's the spookiest good. thing you've come across? I want you to share some of your insights that we're not going to be able to Google and find. <laughs> um, for me, a lot of the spookier stuff that happened to me was when I was younger. Uh, I remember seeing a man. We were in we were at Deadwood uh, and he had glowing red eyes and it still gives me chills to this day when I see, think about him because I can still physically see him in my mind's eye and I hated the feeling it felt hollow it felt empty it felt like loneliness and um, I turned to my mom and I grabbed her and I was like, mom, I don't like it. Yet. I, I don't. And I talk, told her, I was like, he's over there. And she looks and she goes, honey, there's nothing there. It's your imagination. I'm like, no, because in a kid's imagination, when you tell them it's your imagination, more times than not, it goes away. They can sit there and go, oh, okay, you're right. But when I had, it's like you, I had the feeling that overwhelmed me that I knew it wasn't my imagination and he was not a nice guy in life and he's still not a nice guy when he was crossed um another one would be I remember being in Salem Massachusetts and telling my mom I don't like it here and it was near the cemetery where they carried some of the witches with the that were the ones that were hung and I kept telling her um sweet sorry my daughter's bringing yeah. her book <laughs> nice um but i remember telling her mom we have to go it's not nice here it's not it's i mean that terrified me because i couldn't see where it was coming from and i had to later i figured out it was coming from the cemetery 
um, another time when I was a kid, we would, my mom would always laugh at me and my sisters would always laugh at me because I would, we would pass, when we passed cemeteries in the car at night, I'm burying my head under, like, as far as I could try to crawl, crawl into a ball. And they didn't understand that sometimes uh, when people cross and they don't realize they're dead, sometimes their spirit can start to decompose and look like their corpse. So I, I thought zombies were real. <laughs> oh no. The red so, eyes, you know, that's how they describe shadow creatures with mm -hmm. the red glowing eyes. But this this wasn't a shadow that you saw, right? Was it a full form apparition? It was a full, it was actually that one was a shadow. Oh. Um, but I, I, the way his shadow was made out, I could see the rim of his hat and I could see the, the way his vest laid on him. And, uh, I, if you, I think if I focused enough when I was a kid, I probably could have made that color, but at that time, all I could see was shadow with texture. Yeah. And you know, a lot of them have hats on or some kind of a hood mm -hmm. also. And usually it's that kind of a bad feeling that is associated with the shadow creatures, shadow people. There's like, that's like the third category of ghosts. As far as I'm concerned, there's residual haunting, intelligent haunting. And then the big category of shadow creatures that kind of encompasses more than, more than just someone that's just dark and thick. But yeah, it can be very scary. I know Brandon's seen full form apparitions and period clothing can be a giveaway uh, also, whatever they're wearing. But oh, he was definitely wearing cowboy gear. I can tell you that. Was wearing what? Cowboy gear, like oh. the hats and the chaps. And I, mean, I could oh. make out the boots. I mean, I remember. Right from the cowboy era. Yep. Huh. Yeah. And you've also done some ghost hunting. You have some have, ghost hunting stories? I have. Um, right. I used to be a part of a group a while ago, and they're no longer together. Circumstances beyond our control. Um, where a lot of the times we were called into the haunting, they found out it wasn't what they thought it was. Hmm. Um, uh, we did one haunting, or one one farmhouse where it came to find out once we once I told him it was their family members coming through we got so much activity of them answering questions and communicating with their loved ones that um while they were doing that I was also closing a portal because they thought messing with the Ouija board was going to be a good decision oh and that's never a good decision uh we, our first ever investigation is actually one that stands out really, really well. Uh, there's a place in Sydney, uh, actually a, a classmate of my older sister's family owned it. It's called the Great Stone Castle. And it's pretty haunted. It's got some activity. And we were sitting in the parlor, me and another one of the investigators, and we were kind of talking and we could smell cigarette smoke because it used to be like the smoking parlor. And um, while we were talking, you could hear in our EVP, somebody say smoke very lightly. And then a woman go, <laughs> none of us was laughing at the time. Um, class A EVP? Class A EVP. I mean, and the laugh was just as loud as like somebody standing in the room. But when we heard smoke, it was like a whisper. Right. Um, but we were talking about it being a smoking, the smoking parlor. And literally you hear, and it didn't sound like any of us. Uh, it was more of a, a masculine, more of a male voice that said the smoke. And then you heard a female laugh. Um, my first ever a ghost hunt is actually probably my favorite. Uh, ironically, that was actually my mom took me and my sisters to Mansfield oh. Reformatory. <laughs> All right. There's a family and, outing. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, we are, it was called, it was called Death by, Des Death by Dessert. And um, my mom, when we after my dad died, 
things, weird things would happen in the house. And she would tell my dad, I know you're here, but I don't want to see you. Oh. So we all knew she didn't want to see him. And on the way there, I told my, it was my two older sisters, me and my twin, because my little sister was way too, was too young to go. And I turned to them and I said, uh, dad's with us tonight, but uh, he's not here for me. He's not here for my sister, Michelle, or my sister, my twin sister, Gwen. So she, he's here mostly for mom and my older sister, Heather, who is a bit of a scaredy cat, but she's been on more ghost investigations than all of, all of us, it seems like. <laughs> She has a lot of ghost tours and stuff like that. Uh, we had an incident where uh, every time something would start to, to gear up with us, because my mom, after touring the facility, stayed back and ate the can or ate the food all the <laughs> for the rest of the night because she got sick in the facility. I told her, I was like, yeah, mom, you don't want to see. So dad's protecting you. He's keeping you away. Um, so we would all go out every time something with energy would start to shift. And I'm like, oh, good, we're going to get evidence, pull out my EVP. You know, my older sister would uh, take, would start to freak out because she could feel the energy change. And um, we ended up leaving every time. She's like, we got to go, we got to go. So finally, it got to the point where there was a psychic on site doing tarot readings. And I don't like tarot, it lies to me. Uh, I just, I eventually ditched, we eventually ditched her and went down to solitary confinement and in solitary confinement, me and when we ran into two women that were there from Wisconsin and they joined me and my twin and my older sister, Michelle, and we were sitting in, uh, me and the one woman was sitting on the bench or in the, on the bed in the jail cell. And she had a digital thermometer and she had it rigged where there's a wire coming out and it was sitting between me and hers eye. As we were asking questions, we later, that's how I found out my little friend Marco. So whenever I go there, he likes to say hi to me. Um, he was, he, we were talking to him and every time it was a yes, he would drop the temperature. And at one point I felt like somebody had personally violated me like a sexual way. And I said, turn and I just said, out of the, just out of the blue going, do you want us to leave for our safety? And while me and her were in there talking to him, my sisters and her friend were in the, hall, in the hallway talking about seeing shadows walking at the end of this, seeing something moving at the end of the solitary confinement. And as soon as they, that was happening to them and I asked that question, he made the temperature drop two degrees. And it's like I said, eventually, if it's between two women's eyes, eventually the temperature will start to rise because the body heat, it didn't, it kept just kept dropping. And when that happened, I said, okay, we got to go. We got to go now. And they were like, okay, we'll grab the equipment. We all, and we went the opposite direction from where they were seeing the shadow, but we still had to go back kind of that same area. Uh, when we got out, the, they said to me, why did we leave? Why did we have to leave? And I say. Like, because I felt like somebody had raped me. Oh. And I said, I have this feeling that this, the, either the, the people in charge did it or they allowed other inmates to go in and violate these people. And I said, and they said, well, that's when we stay. And I was like, no, when they tell me to go, I go. <laughs> right. I don't stick around. Yeah. Have you I actually heard get out i've actually heard that um <laughs> that is an unnerving feeling if you hear it especially if they say your name at the same time that actually happened to me when i was doing a uh parapsychon at it was a paranormal psychic convention at mansfield reformatory i was deciding to explore on one of my off or before we it was one of the mornings before we got geared up and um, I would decide I'm going to go back down to solitary. And I got almost all the way into solitary. And I heard, get out. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, turn around and walk yeah. around. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not always asking to repeat it. Could you repeat that, please? How about help? Have you heard help a few times? Yes, I have. Um, uh, down a uh, 
it, it was when I was a kid that those one when the one that sticks out the most, it was down at a old mine shaft. And I was like, and that's where my sisters were climbing in, getting pictures, and they're like, get in, get in. And I'm like, no, I'm hearing voices screaming help down there. No. So yeah, I've heard that one. That one actually. I think that one actually scares me more than hearing get out. Oh. Yeah. You know what creeps me out is when you hear a little kid's voice. You know, you said you can tell if it's male a lot of times, whether it's female, mm -hmm. but you can also tell if it's a child's voice or unless it's a deceiver, you know, yeah. making up voices. But yeah, um, like mommy, I'm scared. And when it's a little tiny voice, that will give you goosebumps. I've heard child laughter. Yeah. That gave me goosebumps. Oh. That's a funny story because that was when uh, me and my sister and two of our friends did something stupid. Because when you're teenagers, you do something stupid, and we played with. We made our own Ouija board. Oh yeah. Oh. And we talked to my father. We talked to my uncle who passed, and we talked to my uh, two friends' family members. Because I always say before going in, anything that shall do harm shall not come near me. That's when I do anything is I'll come in anything that shall Good be point. Right. Yeah. And um, we, so we, when we did it, because when I was younger, I did it and it said his name was Walter acting like our dad. And I was like, this isn't our dad. And we, so I've never gone in being stupid like that again. But you, it was stupid you, enough to go a bunch of teenagers. Yeah. You well, mentioned Ouija board mm -hmm. earlier. It sounds like you don't, I don't trust support it. that. Nope. I do what are the reasons that you don't want to support the use of a Ouija board? Too many people aren't as smart about going into it. Like with me, I tell them ahead of time, nothing that shall harm me shall come near me. I don't control it. I know I can control it. So I will not allow anything evil or anything negative to come near me. Um, where too many people go in going, oh, this is a fun game. Yeah. Let's go see this ghosts. Not a game. Go talk to yeah. ghosts. Well, here's you don't know who thing. you're bringing up. A lot of times, I think is the with the Ouija board. You don't yeah. know who you're inviting in. Do you think that when you do a reading, that sometimes could open up portals for other things? Um, it could if I wasn't prepared ahead of time. I do the exact same thing anytime okay. I do a reading. I do the exact same thing. I go, no, nothing that shall harm me shall come near me. And only family, only family with messages shall come through. Yeah. And nice. um, because I've been in situations where uh, the paranormal team I used to be a part of, they decided to surprise me and take me someplace where I didn't have control over what was coming around me. And I got scratched and uh, mm. it was three scratches on my back. And they found out the hard way that psychically I don't accept, I will not accept that because I will put out energy that might hurt them right back because you don't yeah. touch it. Yeah, touch I, I have pictures of members that were scratched. So you do protection. I know Brandon, they do, you do protection prayers, right, Brandon, yeah. before and yeah. after? Yeah. Yeah, he works with the minister. So that helps too. But you still have to remember to do your prayers. If you want that, if you don't forget, that's usually when something will happen. So that's yeah. kind of because when you get really you. late at night, sometimes you forget. You know, you were super tired. Yeah, three o'clock in the morning or whatever. See, I've yeah. seen it where a couple of the members of the group I used to be part of didn't take what I said, what I said out loud, to, or said to myself, or said out loud seriously. And um, I got phone calls in the middle of the night going, "Something weird's going on," and I said, "Did you tell it to leave?" Did you tell it you're not allowed to be not allowed to attach itself to you? And they're like, well, you know, and I was yeah. like, okay, so now you're gonna have to get some sage and you're gonna have to cleanse yourself because you opened yourself up for that. Right. Yeah. Do you so, use crystals? Yeah, I good question, crystals. Kim. Yeah. Yeah, we I run into a lot of guests who are really into the crystal aspect of protection um, and stuff like that. They they may pick up certain crystals for certain reasons. Do you, what do you feel is, um, oh, what is that? Is that? Quartz? Rose Quartz for Brandon. Kim, I got one for you too. Oh, yeah. From Mary. I but if I see I Brandon tonight, this remind me to give it to you, Brandon. All right. So what do you use? What's in your arsenal? 
I have a multitude of different rocks that I use if I'm mm -hmm. going to do readings for, and a lot of times it's, I don't use it for the readings. I use it for the healing aspect okay. of it. Um, cause stones have very healing properties. My best friend is a amethyst. She comes with me pretty much anywhere. Um, when I did my reading, when I was doing Parasycon and doing readings, then I had a table full of my, my little different stones. And mm -hmm. I don't know the names of a lot of them because a lot of times it's whatever, if, if it feels like it was meant for me, or if I, I just read the energy and I feel the energy of the stone um, more times than not, I'm usually getting stones for people that I feel like they need it because they need that boost. Hmm. and um that i do for myself black but tourmaline also, is one that keeps uh coming up with people that we run into does it zap your energy to do readings ever no oh. i usually meditate ahead of time so a lot of times i'll be listening to my uh, listening to like music that speaks to my soul or singing at the top of my lungs because i oh. like to sing for fun did you, did you say your great-grandmother sang i could she did, but it was just always like little lullabies and sweet oh, yeah. things. Um, she wasn't much of like, I love to sing. I'll do karaoke because I'm, I'm not much. I love it. Um, but I would, I always build up so much energy before I go. Cause I'm, for me, when I'm singing and I know where my purpose is, I'm meditating as I'm doing it. So, um, that way I can give, I can give off the energy that the spirit's need to manifest to come through and to give their message and okay. it don't have to zap anybody else so by the time i get done with my readings even if it's a big party i feel like the energizer bunny because i feel like all my energy is back to being mine i wondered if it could work the opposite way and actually energize you when you have because you're receiving all this energy whether it would actually fill you instead of drain you yeah i was curious about that See, for me, I build up so much energy that when it's finally, you know, when I don't have to release it, it it's mine. So it's already overwhelming as it is. So I just, I feel like I could go run a marathon and I hate to run. Yeah, we could talk for hours, but we need to actually move on because we're running out of time. We like to do shout out. So if there's anyone out there, maybe a mentor, family member you want to give a shout out to, um, start up with Tanya. I would have to say my biggest shout out would be my mom for um, supporting me after understanding and uh, understanding that there was something different about me and accepting me after uh, I learned to accept myself. Um, uh, my husband for giving me the freedom to be able to do my readings. Cause there's been times where I turned to him and actually that recently just happened. And I was like, what are you doing? I have to go there here. And he's like, okay, go. Mike, I would say my daughters for supporting their crazy mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because there's things that sometimes happen around the house like my grandfather since he's passed loves to play hide and seek with things and he thinks it's the funniest thing in the world and he needs to learn to stop some days but and they've had to tolerate that <laughs> and um i would say uh some of my biggest supporters i'd love to shout out to them uh, my friend mary who i'm sorry i didn't get to talking about her mother who likes pull pranks as well uh, <laughs> And uh, my friend Hope and my friend Jennifer and my friend Jamie, those, they're some of my biggest supporters as in when, after we met and we've done readings, they're like, oh, people, you need to talk to her. It takes a lot of support. I know we've ran into people or kids that they thought they needed to have them on medication because they're seeing and talking to uh, ghosts, but. Yeah, it takes a lot of understanding. Uh, we want to give a shout out to Linda Pomeranke. She's with the uh, Michigan Sasquatch Experience, and that she was our last uh, guest. And then shout out to Brandon, because Brandon's doing the formatting. So he's working double duty for us, getting these shows out. Upcoming and ongoing, you got any events that you plan on attending or maybe be part of? Uh, not with COVID, it makes it so much harder 
because they limit the tables and they limit the the uh, they limit the amount of guests and people they can have, so it makes it much harder. Which I'm praying, praying, praying that the other side is right, and this hopefully will come to an end soon. Right. Um. And but I, they can contact me through Facebook. Um, that's my best way for people to get a hold of me is through Tanya Geyer Seger. How hard to find? Not hard to see me uh and if they want a reading or just to reach out um like i said i do not charge uh i'm willing i'd love to drive that's actually my meditation time and my time to decompress away from my kids oh, yeah. and my family yeah. <laughs> excellent <laughs> we upcoming for us would be uh in may we have authors that we're going to feature shatan noir and Axie susan smith and then, Brandon, if you want to mention a little bit about the Paranormal Summit you'll be attending. Yeah, the Paranormal Summit's the weekend of May 14th and 15th. Um, mm. That Friday through Sunday, we're going to be up on, well, leaving Sunday morning, I think, but that Friday night. So for people in, that are paranormal professionals, it can be uh, like, you know, ghost research, Bigfoot research, UFOs, cryptids, whatever. Um, they're invited to come out there. It's I think it's 116. I think is the cost for it. It's uh, you can check out the Grass Facebook page or their website. You know it's uh, G R A S P P. Um, I believe it's .org. I believe it's the website, but you can find them on Facebook as well. Yeah, it's for professionals only. So yeah. it's the it's the people that are in the field. Yeah, or prepare unity of the yeah, yeah. the different fields. So that's going to be cool on, on the ghost ship in the same weekend in West Branch, Michigan, they're doing the Bigfoot Discovery Days. So you can check either one of those out. Our, our friends will be at both of those. Um, we, we like to do a final thought where everybody weighs in on it. And the final thought would be, do you believe that dead loved ones visit people on their deathbed? Um, who, who wants to start, Kim or Brandon on that? I'll start off, well, for me, like my grandfather passed away I think they can visit other family members at the same time because like the night before my grandfather passed away, I had a vision that was in his living room and like all of his family members that had passed on were all there. And I was like meeting all of them, meeting like ancestors going back many generations. And the next morning he passed away in his living room where I, in my dream or, you know, my dream, that's where I was. You Perfect know, example. The next morning he passed away there. Yeah, and a lot of this stuff, I think, does happen in dreams, prophetic mm -hmm. uh, dreams. Kim, how about you? You believe that that could happen, that happens? Gosh, I haven't had much experience with any of that. Um, my grandparents uh, passed away when, of course, I was very young, so I don't have very many memories of, of them or when they passed or anything like that. But, um, gosh, I just don't have any. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, Tanya, she's closer to the veil. She's the one that can peer through that. I'm wondering if you've ran into that at all. Yes. Uh, normally, when it comes to passing, you will get many visitations from family on the other side. Uh, it's what I like to call, and I know some others call it, it's the transition period where they're getting you ready to come and be home with them. Sometimes it's, you know, we pass so quickly that, you don't get that transition period but when you're on your deathbed a lot of the times you have family members that come um, when my grandpa was uh dying of pancreatic cancer he talked to my mother a lot about seeing his father coming to visit him and uh i sat with my my friend my dear friend jamie um when her mother died we sat for like two hours uh, at her deathbed and she was seeing she'd see her dad her husband and loved ones come across and eventually I had to tell Jamie because she was so afraid of dying that um don't be surprised if she passes before you even get there because every time you touch her you're keeping her here because she's fighting she's afraid to leave her she was the last one she had left because her son had died and her husband had died um and before she got there, her mother passed. Uh, so I'm, I've seen family members come 
to loved ones when they're getting close to their time. Yeah. And like you say, it's to prepare them, uh, help them get ready for that death. And a lot of times it does happen in a dream or a vision. It happens so often that nurses have a name for it, a few different names. It's called deathbed visions, end of life experiences, death-related sensory experiences. They've done studies and more than half of the uh, people that they questioned on it um, actually had visions that they that they studied. Okay, it's inspirational thought, and then the show is over. Uh, thanks so much, uh, Tanya. Very interesting, very informative. Yeah. Kim, always a pleasure. Brandon, are you coming over p- for pizza? Yeah, you want me to pick it up on the way? Yeah, if you could, please. So here's the inspirational <laughs> thought. This comes from uh, Amanda Wolf's uh, page. Uh, Audrey Loves uh, Perry said this. As the world fights to figure everything out, I'll be holding doors for strangers, letting people cut in front of me in traffic, saying good morning, keeping babies entertained in grocery lines, stopping to talk to someone who is lonely, being patient with sales clerks, smiling at passersby. Why? Because I will not stand idly by and live in a world where love is invisible. Join me in showing kindness, understanding, judging less. Be kind to strangers. Give grace to friends who are having a bad day. Be forgiving to yourself today and every day. Be the change. Be the light. Start today and never stop. So what a great message. I mean, everybody out there is... we're in the same boat, you know, there's a lot of stress out there. So they're feeling as bad as you are. So keep that in mind. And then on previous, we brought up uh, national suicide prevention. There's a 988 three digit lifeline. If you're out there considering suicide or you know someone that is, 988 gets you in contact with somebody. Great show guys. Thanks so much. Thanks, Tanya. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You bet. Family-owned Palermo Pizza underwrites this episode of Grand Rapids Ghost Hunters Paranormal Podcast. Located at 901 Gazan Parkway, Southwest Wyoming, and available at 616-531-8300. The opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of the producer and not necessarily those of WKTV Community Media.